Okay, good evening. Looks like we're beginning a little uh, ahead of schedule, uh, so uh, that, that's okay. We'll have plenty to discuss uh, this evening. We are in lesson 126 tonight, 126 out of 129, so uh, we're getting uh, so much closer to the end. And so um, we're going to be looking at where we have been looking at the, the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. And so uh, tonight's lesson is going to focus on number five and number six. And of course, uh, hopefully uh, by the time we get done with this, since we've reviewed it so many times, you're going to have all ten of these memorized in order. Uh, but of course, uh, the first one was Mary Magdalene, right? Out of everybody who Jesus appears to for the first time, uh, Mary Magdalene uh, is going to be number one. And then, of course, uh, shortly after that, number two goes to the other women disciples. Jesus appears to them. And then last week, uh, we talked about the the third appearance, which was Peter. And, of course, we noticed that there's just not too much written about this uh, episode, uh, this event. And uh, maybe that's... uh, by design, uh, again, but we, we, you know, we sort of talked about how that would probably have been a pretty you know, interesting uh, conversation to listen into, right? That Peter is going to uh, come face to face with Jesus for the first time since he's um, denied him those three times. Uh, Jesus, again, gives him that look on the cross. And so, again, not much is told to us about what happened in that event. But then we spent our most of the time last week talking about that fourth event that happened, which was Jesus appearing to those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Cleopas is one of them. Uh, The other disciple, we don't know his name. And you recall they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're headed, I think we said, about seven miles away to this uh, place called Emmaus. And they're sad. They're they're shocked. They're, They're sad. They thought Jesus was the one. And, of course, Jesus comes in and starts... Walking with them uh, on the way, he holds a conversation with them, but they don't know who he is uh, because, uh, you know, again, his appearance is cloaked. And, uh, and through the Old Testament scriptures, right, he told them that, you know, these things had to happen, right? Uh, and he was connecting the dots for them, right, that uh, Jesus uh, the, the, was the Messiah, but, you know, that, that he did have to go to the cross and he did have to die for the sins of the world. And so, again, they are very confused. Of course, they uh, get to that place. Uh, you know, they, they sit down to have dinner, and then Jesus uh, appears to them and vanishes. And so they're excited, right? And they rush back to Jerusalem. Again, we, we talked about how that was, you know, a couple-hour trip, um, seven miles away. But they rush back, and they get to uh, the apostles, and they inform the apostles of what had just happened. But again, they did not believe. Uh, we also talked about how uh, that well, we, we, we noticed that, uh, or I had, brought up the, I had brought up the question in class last week about, you know, uh, why did Jesus not appear to any of his enemies? You know, we only have the accounts of him appearing to his, uh, to his friends, his disciples. And, uh, and then we also noted, well, that, you know, maybe he did appear to some of his um, enemies. We just don't know. Um, there was a scripture that I was trying to find that, uh, that I couldn't find, and so probably it's not in uh, the book. But uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 31 uh, mentions this. Now, uh, this is 
Peter uh, preaching here, in, or excuse me, not, excuse me, not Peter, but Paul's preaching here uh, during the first missionary journey, and he's, you know, he's recapping uh, all the things that had happened. And he said in verse 31 of Acts 13 uh, about Jesus, he said, But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, the very ones who are now his witnesses to the people. So from that verse, you know, I sort of got the, the, the indication that, you know, the, the only ones that Jesus appeared to uh, were, again, his disciples, his friends. Uh, he appeared to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. And again, we just, we don't know. You know, the scriptures don't speak of uh, him appearing to any of his enemies or, you know, those who put him on the cross. Okay, so uh, the text for uh, today's lesson, again, we're going to look at the fifth and sixth appearance uh, that he makes. Uh, we're going to uh, read a couple of different, or we're going to read Mark and then Luke, and then we'll just stay in John the rest of the, the evening, because John's got the bulk of what's going to happen. Uh, but let's, um, let's notice a couple of things here. Again, um, all of these first four resurrection, post-resurrection appearances of Jesus that we have noted so far, uh, they've all have taken place on that Sunday, right? that first day of the week. Every single one that we've read so far has taken place on that day that he arose from the dead. Uh, this fifth one that we're going to talk about, the same thing. But finally, when we get to number six, uh, we're finally going to fast forward a, a week ahead. And, um, and so finally, we're going to read about an appearance of Jesus that takes place uh, during that 40 days that he is appearing to his disciples, uh, eventually before he ascends into heaven. But again, as we've read each one of these uh, appearances, you know, the disciples, they're still struggling. They're still struggling with the fact that, you know, someone said they saw Jesus or someone said they saw the angels. And so they're still struggling. And, you know, here's the question that the curriculum talks about just to get us thinking. Uh, we don't have to answer this, but, you know, how do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Christ is alive and well. How do we know? How do we know that? And we'll answer that really at the end of this lesson uh, when John gives us uh, some scriptures at the end of chapter 20. Uh, but maybe that's an easy question for you. Maybe that's a hard question for you. But, um, you know, really the focus on the, these appearances that we're going to notice is going to be on faith, right? Uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And without faith, verse 6 says, it's impossible to please him. Right? For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And so faith is extremely important. And he's going to, again, lay that out for us here uh, in these appearances. So let's start in Mark 16. Uh, verse 14, so we just have one verse uh, that's here in Mark, but we just, we just want to cover it uh, before we move on, but let's, uh, let's read Mark 16, verse 14, as we begin to dive into this fifth appearance. This is going to happen directly after, remember those, those two disciples, Cleopas and the other one, get back uh, from uh, Emmaus. It's going to happen directly after that, uh, but Mark 16, verse 14 says... Uh, afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. 
So that's all we have uh, about this fifth appearance that Mark gives us, uh, that Jesus appeared to the eleven. Now, uh, who is the eleven in reference to? Yeah, the, the twelve apostles minus who? Yeah, Judas has, um, Judas has committed suicide by now, right? And so, uh, <clears throat> and so uh, now they're, instead of referring to them as the twelve, uh, they are refer- uh, the, um, well, at least Mark here is referring to them as the 11. But um, we're going to find out actually here in a moment uh, that at least one of those other apostles wasn't there. Thomas, right. Uh, Thomas isn't going to be there at this, this first uh, appearance to the apostles. And so that's Mark's account. Let's turn to Luke 24. And we'll notice uh, a little bit more about what happens here. Luke 24, starting in verse 36. So if you remember what we just studied uh, last week uh, in Luke 24 was, again, those two disciples racing back to Jerusalem to tell the apostles. And and so we pick it up right here in verse 36 and says, while they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of a broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Okay, so we get a little bit more context of of what's going on here at this this meeting where Jesus shows up uh, to the eleven. He shows up here. Uh, He's going to kind of give them this this, uh, greeting of peace be to you. Uh, Actually, in John's account, we'll see he's going to say it multiple times. And uh, he wants to know why they're troubled, why their hearts are troubled. He shows him, you know, the hands and the feet and the side. And, and then he's going to eventually uh, here, uh, have something to eat. We'll talk about that here in a second, why that's significant. But let's go to John chapter 20, and we'll stay here uh, the rest of the night. John chapter 20, starting in verse 19. Again, the same... Uh, same scenario, same event happening here. Uh, but John here records. Uh, so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were, the fear of the Jews, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you have retained the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprints of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, 
I will not believe. All right, so again, here's the theme of uh, all of these past lessons is unbelief. Right? The disciples, they just will not believe. The angels have announced his resurrection. Others have told them of seeing the risen Lord, but they're still struggling. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 19, again, tells us that this happens on the first day of the week. So again, here we are, still that same day where Jesus arrives from the dead uh, that morning. Um, we just want to note this. Uh, remember last week we were talking about uh, when those two disciples ran back to Jerusalem and how it was sort of nighttime. Uh, uh, the, the day was getting fastly uh, approaching an end, right? And uh, recall, uh, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, but the Jewish time system, right? Uh, how, do, how, does, how, did, how did the Jews count time or days? Okay, yeah, so, so uh, sundown to sundown, uh, you know, I like to use, you know, 6 p.m. just kind of as a, you know, just a kind of an average. From 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. is, you know, the change of day to the Jews, right? But uh, the Romans counted time how? Like we do, yeah. So, you know, midnight to midnight and such. And so we know that that's how John is actually uh, recording in his gospel that he's going by Roman time, right? Because for the Jews, it would already be uh, Monday, uh, the second day of the week. Uh, because again, it's very late in the evening. But j- since John tells us here in verse 19 that it's the first day of the week, we know John is, you know, he's keeping time by Roman time. Or at least that's how he's writing uh, the gospel. And so, um, again, the, this event's taking on the first day of the week, Sunday, uh, Sunday night. And we also see here that uh, verse 19 tells us that uh, they are in this room again. Um, you know, wh- what room is it? Uh, a lot of commentators uh, speculate that it might be that upper room that, you know, Jesus shared the Passover with them. Uh, but again, we don't know. But what's significant about uh, this room that they're in? Yeah, it's locked, isn't it? They, they have locked the doors. Now, why have they locked the doors? Yeah, that's what it says, right? The, for fear of the Jews. Uh, they're worried, right, about their life. Um, so they're, they're behind these locked doors. Uh, they are, of course, huddled together. And it appears that, you know, maybe uh, they are getting ready for their evening meal here. And here comes those two disciples, right? They pounded on the door, let us in. Let's tell you all this great news that we just happened to us in Emmaus. And then suddenly, verse 20 tells us, well, verse 19 tells us at the end, who stands before them? Jesus, Jesus right. Jesus is there before them. And uh, again, the, there, there's, no, there's no different appearance here. There's no uh, sort of disguise to them. I mean, it's Jesus. They recognize it's Jesus right away. And again, those first words he has to say to them, peace be with you. Right? And he's going to say that uh, Two times in this appearance, and then he's going to tell tell them this again uh, in the next appearance. But why? You know, why say that? Peace be with you. Why would he say that to them in that moment? I don't know. Maybe just to calm them down a little bit. <laughs> it's a really exciting time, right? They're seeing Jesus for the first time, 
And uh, obviously, they're probably, their emotions are racing. And so, you know, peace be with you. Um, but also, we just read in Mark 16 that at the same encounter, he reproved them, right? He, he rebuked them for uh, not believing, for their hardness of heart, right? The, I mean, those two from Emmaus have seen him. We've seen a, a, a lot of the women have seen this and encountered this, but uh, they weren't lacking any evidence at all. But uh, as we just read in Luke's account, you know, Jesus asked them a question, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Now, who did the apostles uh, think Jesus was when they saw him for, at, at the beginning? Or in what form did they think he was? Spirit? Yeah, they thought he was a spirit, didn't they? They didn't think that he was necessarily, uh, you know, there in human flesh, but they're thinking, you know, maybe... Maybe we're seeing his ghost. Maybe we're seeing his spirit. Uh, but he then destroys all doubts in verse 20 by showing them his hands and his side. And it says they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Although they still struggled with it. Right? They still struggled with it, but they rejoiced at this. Uh, now, Jesus is going to ask them for something to eat. And what is that? What's he asked to eat? Or what do they give him? Yeah, a broiled fish. And, uh, you know, maybe we, we might think that's you know, maybe an insignificant detail, but um, when's the last time you ever seen a, a spirit eat a fish? We've never seen that before, have we? So, I mean, this is, this is proof here, right? Jesus has given them hard evidence, proof that uh, this is Jesus in the flesh, right? Uh, this isn't a spirit because uh, he's having a meal, right? He's eating. Uh, this is... Uh, really the last piece of evidence that they need to uh, understand that, again, that they, they're seeing the Lord, right? The resurrected Lord. And uh, verses 21, 22, and 23, uh, these verses, uh, again, um, well, first off, you know, we often talk about the Great Commission, right? In Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Uh, this is sort of... Uh, uh, a, you know, a commission as well that, that John is recording for us uh, because, again, he says here in verse uh, 21, uh, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I also send you, right? Go, therefore, and make all disciples. You know, I, I am sending you. And that word send there is, uh, in the Greek, it's the same word that we get the word apostle from, right? Uh, an apostle and it's, uh, the word apostle in its basic definition just means one sent. Now, uh, capital A apostle, of course, are you know, th those 12 apostles uh, who held that position uh, within Jesus' uh, ministry. But uh, someone who's referred to as a little lowercase a apostle just simply means one sent. And uh, again, that, that's, what, uh, th th that's their uh, commission, right, the, to... Just as the Lord, just as God has, the Father has sent me, I also send you. Um, verse twenty-two. Again, uh, maybe this passage is a little bit hard to uh, comprehend, but he says, uh, "When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit.'" Now, uh, it's not going to be until Acts chapter two, 
right? The, the day of Pentecost, when uh, they actually received the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, when they received the Holy Spirit, and then they're, you know, speaking in tongues on that day. So a lot of commentators believe that this is sort of uh, Jesus giving them a glimpse into uh, what's going to uh, happen. He, uh, because we don't read of really anything happening right after this as far uh, miraculous as we do in Acts chapter 2. Right? In Acts chapter 2, when they receive the Holy Spirit, when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, those tongues of fire set on their head, remember? And they're speaking in tongues and uh, <clears throat> doing great miracles from that day forward. And so, yeah. Yeah, because he's showing it to them, right? And so, you know, he's going to, or Thomas is going to, well, he's going to tell Thomas, you know, to put his hand in his side, and, and then they want to see those things, right? Yeah, at least that's what I'm getting from uh, those passages, is that, uh, that they are, they're seeing those things. Um, let's see, where are we? Uh, verse uh, Yeah, verse 20. Uh, and he showed them both his hands and his side. And so, you know, obviously, you know, he's showing them that because he wants them to see, you know, that those things existed. And, and so, yeah, so, so here again, Jesus is given this commission. He's telling them to go. Um, and he also, uh, Another significant note to make, verse 24 and 25, as Miss Helen just mentioned here a little bit a while ago, uh, one, of the, one of those apostles is not here at this meeting, and that's, of course, Thomas. Um, one of the 12, called Didymus, uh, which means, uh, Didymus means the twin. So we believe Thomas is uh, a twin. Uh, we don't ever read about his, his brother, but um, here's Thomas, the twin, and he is not with them at this first appearance, but uh, they're going to go and tell him about it, and he's very skeptical of it, isn't he? And he wants to witness it himself. He wants to see what the apostles saw. So let's just jump right into those verses, uh, verse 26 through 31. So here's uh, the appearance number six. So appearance number five, he shows himself to uh, those ten apostles, and here's uh, appearance number six. Now he's showing himself to these 11 apostles. So Thomas is here now. Uh, verse 26. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors having been shut and stood in their midst and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your fingers and see my hands and reach here uh, your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Uh, remember last week, uh, the angels told uh, the women to tell the disciples to go somewhere. And then Jesus also told uh, them to go somewhere. Do you remember where they were supposed to go? 
Yeah, they were supposed to, uh, they were instructed to go back to Galilee, right? Uh, again, Galilee being in the north of the, of the land of Israel. Again, in Jerusalem, you know, is in the south. But they're still here in uh, Jerusalem. You know, we've just fast forward a week, right? Uh, that verse that we just read there uh, told us, verse 26 told us uh, after eight days, which um, we're just going from Sunday to Sunday. And I know that might be confusing because it says eight days, but of course, you know, they're counting that Sunday and the next Sunday. Uh, but the, he's appearing to them again on the first day of the week, just, you know, again, a week later. So we have moved a week later in uh, advancing a week later in this timeline. And <clears throat> they're still in Galilee, right? Uh, they're supposed to, or excuse me, they're still in Jerusalem. They're supposed to be in Galilee. They've been told to go to Galilee, but they're still in Jerusalem. Why? Well, we don't know, but um, as, the, as the paper points out, uh, many believe that it's because, because of Thomas, right? Because Thomas wasn't there, that, that first appearance. And, uh, and, you know, why wasn't he there? Again, we don't know. Um, when we're in grief, when we're in mourning, we're sad, uh, um, you know, do sometimes we just want to be left alone? We go off by ourselves and just take some time. You know, maybe that's where Thomas was at this time. You know, um, maybe he wasn't with the other apostles because he was—he's uh, grieving in his own way, right? And so um, he wasn't with them when Jesus first appeared. Again, we don't know that for sure, but maybe. Uh, but again, we don't know why uh, Jesus doesn't appear for another week. Uh, when Thomas comes back. But whatever the reason, he appears again to them. You know, and maybe this appearance is specifically for Thomas. Right? Because that's, that's the, the exchange we get here. Uh, because he's speaking to Thomas in verse 27. You know, reach here with your finger. See my hands. Reach here your hand and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. You know, he asked Thomas to touch those scars, you know, that he said that he couldn't believe until he, he saw these things with his own eyes. And, of course, what is Thomas's reaction to this? What does he say? Believe. He believes, but what does he specifically say? My Lord and my God, All right, that, that's a very significant statement that he's making here uh, because he's not just, you know, he's just not referring to him as my Lord, but he's also referring to him as my God, right? He's not just a man, he's God, right? He's the son of God. Thomas is declaring that in front of everyone, right? Now, now that I've seen uh, you uh, post-resurrection, now that, now that I've seen it with my own eyes, I can believe it, and you are God, that he's, right, he says there. Of course, Christ's response to Thomas is important. Um, again, look at verse 29. He sort of rebukes him a little bit. Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. Uh, what, is, what is that nickname we often call Thomas? 
<laughs> doubting Thomas. Now, you know, is he more doubting than any of the other apostles? Yeah. You think so? No, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're all sort of doubting yeah. apostles, but because of this exchange that we have with Thomas, you know, he sort of uh, has that nickname, you know, going forward for the next 2,000 years. Yeah. Why were they doubting? Why? Why were they doubting? Because later on, Jesus, uh, didn't Jesus actually call them fools? Yeah, they have been doubting. They've been doubting his whole. Yeah, they've been doubting his whole ministry, haven't they? Yep. Yeah, it's 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 amazing that they've spent all that time with him, and yet they they just. They... Yep. Unfortunately for Thomas, because he wasn't there at that first uh, meeting, he's the one that we remember as, you know, the, the doubting, the doubter, right? And so he goes out down in history. Absolutely. Great point. It's a good lesson for us when we uh, read about Thomas uh, of not to doubt. And we'll see here in a moment uh, when we finish John 20 that you know John's going to reaffirm uh, that 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 thought as well. I, I can see yeah. why Thomas would be, or one can say that he had a higher level of doubt than the others, because take any one of the others and put them in Thomas's position where they had all the previous information, but then they've got the 11 apostles telling him that. So there's more evidence. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the more evidence is built up over that past week, and, yeah. and he's still not going to believe until he sees it. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess that's probably why we call him Doubting Thomas. Right? Um, there's a... There's a hymn that I looked in our books. I guess it's not in there, but maybe you're familiar with it called Thomas' Song. Have you ever heard that song before? Uh, it was, I think it's only 30 years old, at least. That's what I lo- was looking at in this other songbook I have in my office. But it's just this really nice song that kind of puts you in the place of Thomas and the lyrics about how I fail to see how this could be part of the plan. If I could only hold your hand and touch the scars. Obviously, if I were to sing it to you, you'd probably be, uh, understand why it's... Uh, uh, a really neat song, but then sort of the chorus goes, then I believe. And uh, it's just a very powerful song. But look at, well, verse, verse 29, he says again, blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. 
know, that's a beatitude, right? Uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the, uh, the poor in spirit. Uh, blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. And who does that apply to today? Us, doesn't it? Blessed are they. Uh, Jesus is pronouncing a blessing upon us uh, because, again, we, we are those who, um, who do not see and yet believe, right? Um, well, yeah, I think we have time to answer this question. Why doesn't God just appear to us and prove that he exists today? We have his word. Okay, we, we have his word. Did everybody believe in the first century when Jesus, who was the Son of God, showed up? No. And so, uh, is it likely if he showed up today that everyone would believe? No. And uh, uh, many would, even, you think of Judas, right? Judas was with him uh, for those three and a half years, and he rejected his authority at the end. And, uh, you know, we already have... We have ample evidence, right, that, that, uh, that God exists. Um, uh, verse, uh, verse 30 and 31, let's, let's finish on these verses. Uh, this is why, you know, John gives us a very direct uh, statement in his book, you know, a thesis statement as to why he's writing this book. And he says here, uh, therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. If we... Uh, if we cannot see with our eyes, you know, how are we to believe? And John says, I am writing these things so that you may believe. Right? I saw these things, John says, and I'm testifying to you that these things are true. Um, is, is the written record of Jesus's life sufficient to produce saving faith? Yeah, is this sufficient? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, there are two ways, uh, before we close, there are two ways that God has revealed himself to us. Right? Um, one of them is, you know, he's re revealed uh, through revelation, meaning, um, you know, Psalm 19 says, you know, just look at my handiwork. Just look up at the sky, uh, look at the stars and the planets and the sun. Uh, you can see that, you know, this was something that was designed, wasn't it? Uh, a design demands what? A designer, right? And so you can just look up at the sky and see, and you can know that a God exists. You know, Paul said in Romans chapter uh, 1, excuse me, Romans chapter 1, verse uh, 20, uh, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Right? Paul here says that uh, no one has an excuse not to believe in God. 
right? Because you can just look, you know, look outside, look how this world is designed, look how your bodies are designed, all of these different uh, apologetic areas. Uh, you can see that um, this couldn't have happened by, uh, by an accident or by happenstance or, or whatever. It, these are designed things, and you can clearly see that. So that, that's one way God revealed uh, himself to us. But, um, but that alone, you know, that alone, you know, we, would, we wouldn't know who he is or what his will for us in this world is. And so uh, he also revealed himself to us uh, in a special way, right, um, through the scriptures. And, you know, all scripture is inspired by God. Profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And, uh, you know, doesn't it make sense that uh, God would leave us with, you know, this information uh, for us to know how to live our lives and, and to know, you know, where we came from and all this? I mean, doesn't it make sense that uh, he, would, he would do that? And that, again, that's, that's the point what John is saying here. I was with Jesus, I saw all these things occur, and I am writing these things for you so that you may believe. And that believing, you may have life in his name. Right? You, you may have salvation uh, from your sins. You may have a home in heaven uh, if you believe uh, you know, these words that, um, <clears throat> that, that God has breathed out and given to, uh, to, to the world, to, right, to believe. And so... That is appearance number five and number six. And uh, we'll continue along uh, next time with appearance number seven, which will be John chapter 21, uh, really the whole chapter there. And if you recall, this is where uh, Jesus uh, comes upon uh, some of the apostles as they're fishing, and he sits down and has a meal with them. But uh, we'll look at that next time.